Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bless the name of the Lord. Lord, you are worthy of praise. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. A blessed evening, everyone. Once again, welcome to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola, the coordinator of the Potter's Gate online broadcast, <clears throat> the Potter's Gate online resource, a body of uh, a Christian uh, um, materials that the Lord has ordained to equip, to train, to build, to empower the church in this season. We are in a very critical season and the Spirit of the Lord is really... Uh, engaging with us in terms of building the kind of resource and capacity that is needed for us to grow, to develop, to mature, and of course to precisely represent his prophetic intentions for our season. Wherever you are, if you're going to be joining us this evening, I want to welcome you once again to another live session. Well, this session will try as much as possible to finish early because the light will be going off later on and I still need to break my fast. So I just thought um, 
I need to quickly do this before, you know, I break my fast, even though I'm already having a cup of tea here. Yes, just to, you know, get myself, you know, uh, ready and get some a bit of strength for the day. So, this evening we're going to be looking at something that I thought uh, will add another dimension to uh, what we are looking into. I believe this uh, uh, this topic is going to give us another perspective to you know the concept that we have been engaging for a while now on the need for us to develop spiritual fitness. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have been looking at this and the Lord has really, really been very good to us in terms of releasing uh, revelation, insights, you know, and understanding. So we're going to be looking at, you know, how the power of God can rest upon us. And we're just going to be looking at one, you know, major scripture. This scripture, you know, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 12 has become one of the frame, you know, uh, 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 scriptures that is defining how to build, you know, uh, uh, some of the principles that we have been sharing, right? And I want us to look at that together because as the Lord, you know, speaks to me and open my understanding to some of these things, I really want to share them with us because we really want to see a church, amen, that is equipped, that is empowered, that is enriched in this season. Of course, I'm dressed like this. I'm sure some some people are wondering why am I dressed like this? It's been, it's been raining here and of course cold. So um, my office is still a bit, you know, cold. So I just need to dress a bit warm. So we're going to be looking at this concept. All right. And like I said, I believe this is going to really give us some understanding. Just looking at that scripture itself and see what, all right, uh, uh, the power of God is, what the power, of course, on this particular uh, topic, I'm not going to be delving into the issues of the power of God. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on it, you know, here and there, but we're not really going to be looking deep into what the power of God is, but we're going to be looking at, amen, uh, the, the kind of life we need to present to God, the kind of, you know, uh, uh, if you will, template, the kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, framework of of existence, the attitude, if you will, that is required for us to be able to harness or receive, as Paul puts it, all right? He said that the power of God may rest upon me. And of course, we begin to realize that a Christian can actually live his or her life without the power of God. And of course, by, by now you know that there are many of us, many people out there who are really living life without the power of God and they claim to be Christian. So I, I, I believe that in, in at the course of this teaching, as we go further, that hopefully we will get to the point where we will see what the power of God is. Because remember, the backdrop of this teaching, all right, is for us to develop, all right, you know, a stamina, you know, a sense of fear for us to receive strength, for us to be able to stand, all right, and of course, engage. Why? Because the enemy that we are, you know, uh, that, that we have faced or that, that is challenging us, all right, is not joking. And to a certain degree, that enemy has got some power. We've read it, all right, in Luke, okay, that this, this spirit that we're dealing with has got power. So let's not kid ourselves. Let's not even begin to, you know, uh, 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 try to kid ourselves and say, well, the, the devil is under my feet. Yes, the devil is under your feet. Uh, but guess what? Even at under your feet, remember the scripture says in Genesis, all right? Yes, the, the, you know, the seed of the serpent will bruise your heel. 
Yes, you can bruise his head, but if he still has the chance to bruise your heel, that can cause a big damage. So we want to be fully ready. We want to be fully informed. We want to understand, amen, what it, what, what it requires of us as believers. If the Bible says, amen, us as Christians are given the power to tread upon serpent and scorpion. To, God has given us power, amen, to exercise regions in the earth, amen. God has given us power to, to advance the intentions of God. What is this power and how do we get this power if this power is real? All right. Of course, if you have read, you know, uh, about a lot of, you know, uh, um, men and women who've gone ahead of us, all right people who moved in, 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 in the spirit of God, in the power of God. If you've read material about Christian you know, uh, uh, men and women, of course, if you have read the Bible, you will notice that certain people operate in certain power. But not everybody, even as Christians, not everybody operated in those power. Yeah. And if we truly are going to reflect, amen, God's prophetic mandate, if we're really going to see what is known as, amen, an apostolic church, not the rhetoric, not the apostolic, you know, concept that we know today that is all, you know, phraseology, you know, we've got the language, but we don't have the power, all right? We've got the language, we've got all the phrases, all right? Yes, we've, we've got all the ideas, but there's no power backing us. Alright, one of the things that we know about men and women in the scripture who really represented God is the fact that, amen, heaven backed their word. Their words were not just ordinary words, they were not empty words, amen. The Bible says that in the days of Samuel, his word did not fall to the ground. In other words, every word Samuel spoke, amen, earlier, carried the backing of heaven. That is what it means, amen, to be apostolic and to live in the cutting edge of God's prophetic intention, particularly in this day where the enemy, amen, is really ramp, you know, wrapping up his, his activity, is really seeking to, you know, to, 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 to destroy and to devour. So we have to really, really understand what it is, amen, that is required of us in this season. That if we're praying, our prayer should be backed with, with power. If we're fasting, our fasting should be backed with power, amen. Whatever we're doing, amen, should be backed with, amen, power. Because indeed, the kingdom, the battle of the kingdom is about power, amen. There is, there is never a place, amen, in the, in the spirit that is vacuum, all right? There, there, there's nothing like, you know, uh, 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 you know, power vacuum, all right? It's either you are occupied or you are being occupied. That's how it is in the things of, you know, of, you know, the spirit. There's no uh, uh, demilitarized zone, okay? This place is no man's land. There's nothing like that when it comes to the spirit, all right? Is it that somebody is occupying it or somebody is trying to, amen, take it over? That's, that's the nature of the, the day and the warfare, all right, that we're in. So it's on this understanding that we are looking at some of the things that we are talking about that if we are really going to represent God in the midst of all this quagmire and challenges and battles that we are faced with in the 21st century we need a people that are fit all right and to be fit means amen that we are able to run to run the mile amen yes we're able to advance we are, we're not lacking behind we're not lagging behind amen we're not we're not weak all right we're able to run the race to the finish it takes strength to run the race remember the bible says there's a race that is set before us you know, like, amen, if you're running in a race, guess what? There are people who have been training, okay? 
you know, who, who are ready to, you know, to beat your hands down. You think you've trained, you think you're good, you think you're strong. Wait until you meet that guy, all right, from Kenya, or you meet that guy from Ethiopia. These guys, these Eastern people, they are known, amen, for long distance, you know, race. They will beat your hands down, all right? You think you're good, you understand? So you, you've got to train with the best of the best. That's what it means. That's what we're talking about. So I really want us to look into this concept. Hopefully, all right, that will give us some, you know, a perspective but maybe just for a kind of a refresher again let's go back to uh you know this concept then i'll quickly go into what we have for today all right i just want to remind us again of some of the foundational scriptures that we have been looking at all right to maybe to refresh some refresh our mind maybe or somebody's maybe watching or listening for the first time you also need to understand where we're coming from okay you know this is the uh, uh, the, the beauty of a prophetic teacher okay all right so let's go back to romans 7 20 23 he said but i see another law amen at work in my body warring against the law now that word law we're not talking about just the mosaic law here amen we're not talking about the mosaic law we're talking about amen a principle all right that is in operation there are two kinds of principle in operation there's a principle that is in operation because of the life of god there's a principle that is in operation because of the sin nature okay never forget this too okay Whenever you find yourself in operation, these two principles, these two principles are always at work, all right? One is called the law of sin and death. The other one is called the law, amen, of life, the law of life in Christ Jesus. The other, amen, is the law of sin and death. So Paul said, okay, that, you know, if you read the entire scripture, you will understand the whole context. But here, all right, he's, he's saying something just in conclusion. He says, in fact, if you read the 23, he said he discovered something. Unfortunately, I think I mistakenly deleted that 20, you know, uh, the, the, excuse me, the 22 of the scripture. I deleted it, uh, uh, all right, but I'm not going to go into that because we've dealt with this before. I'm just kind of recapping some of the things, okay? He said, but I see, and in fact, in the 22 he said he said i discover something i discover something all right and then of course it it, it went further to then explain he said then i see another law that is at work in my body all right so when you're working there are laws amen that are functioning that are interacting with us the way we act the way we talk the way we respond okay yes all of that are backed by law whichever law amen yes you know, takes preeminence or take prominence in your life is what you're going to act out. Amen. If, if, if it's the law of life in Christ Jesus, that is what you're going to operate by. And if the law, if it's the law of sin and death that is at work in you, that is how you are going to react. That's how you're going to talk to people. That's how you're going to act out. Okay. So don't forget this. All right. People say, Oh, well, I've been, I've been born again for, you know, for 30 years or for 10 years, for 20 years. All right. If, if nobody, you know, you know, taught you, you know, a brief you to an understanding of this dimension that we're speaking about you can be born again for 50 years and still be living as a child and still be weak and still be frustrated and still be challenged all right why because the principle that ought to allow you to live a victorious life allow you to live above you know the schemes of the of the enemy has not been activated you've got to activate it yes you're born again yes you're redeemed yes you're saved but something has to be activated a law has to be activated on the inside so if that is not activated i'm sorry you're just going to you know continue what i call the idealistic christianity idealistic gospel 
So this, these are the things that we're looking at and I'm praying, I'm hoping that these principles will give us amen, insight and understanding. He said, but I see another law. Remember, you can only beat a law with a law. You cannot beat a law by a wish or by assumption or presumption. All right. No, it's not going to work. I see another law. All right. That is at work in me, in my body. Worried. Look at, look at what that law is doing. It's warring against the law of my mind. And holding me what? Captive to the law of sin that dwells within me. Powerful scripture. That I think, you know, the church, the body of Christ has really not done enough justice to. Alright? Like I said, I'm just kind of giving us uh, uh, um, a recap of some of the things that we have dealt with before, before we go into the main thing. By the way, the last the last teaching we did was yesterday on, you know, the, the, the issues of vision two days ago. Wow. What what a time. What what a word. What what an impartation. I would encourage you to go back and really take time and look at those, you know, concepts, all right? The, the place of vision, amen, in, 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 in spiritual fitness. I think that was just a powerful, you know, uh, session we had. Okay, let's let's look at the next uh, 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 PowerPoint here, all right? We, we said spiritual fitness. Okay, of course, now we're defining spiritual fitness. We said spiritual fitness is the acknowledgement, all right, that in order for, for the Spirit of Christ... To have impact in the human realm, the inner man must be in alignment or the inner man must be informed, must be in alignment with the authority to execute regency over amen, the predominant you know, forces. Of course, the forces of the, of the soul, the forces of the flesh. All right. Let, let, just look at that definition. You know, spiritual fitness is the acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge it. All right. You can't just hallelujah, praise God. No, no, no. You've got to you've got to be aware, you've got to acknowledge amen, at this point. Okay. It is the acknowledgement that in order for the spirit of Christ, remember, it is the Lord that is at work in us, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. All right. So the will to do, the will to execute, the will to carry out the intentions of God, hallelujah, must come from Christ. So there has to be, first of all, that acknowledgement. You may ask me, but don't you think we do acknowledge that? Isn't that the reason why we go to church? Isn't that the reason why we do all the things that we do in church? Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Many of the things that we do are done, amen, via tradition. They are not done because, amen, there is a vision, there is an assignment given to us that we want to carry out via the power of God, okay? You know, like I know that if you're going to go into, uh, uh, you know, a, a military service you know all right that one day you may be called all right to go and fight to defend your country so you are ready to to lay down your life that has to be you know part of you know your 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 mentality your you know what what the values that drive your life okay that you may just be called amen yes to go defend to go fight so all that you're doing amen is for one day maybe to carry you know arms to go fight that has to be, that has to be there. You can't go there because you love, you know, the army or you love the Navy or you love the Air Force. So, well, I just want to be part of them. Hallelujah. I just love the way those guys dress. I'll just, no, 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 no. <laughs> At the end of the day, amen. The agenda is that you may be called upon your, 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 your mandate. All the, the reason why they train you, the reason why they gave you those education, the reason why you, you learn so, so, so many things, you've got that skill, amen, is for you. The primary aim is to defined now if you ask you know any christian most christians today 
What's the primary aim? What's why, why are you a child of God? Why 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 are you in the church? Why are you why are you part of the body of Christ? Well, I just want the Lord. I just love the Lord. I you know you know I just want. <laughs> We don't really have, amen, yes, that unified objective. Any person in the army, regardless of which nation, they know. Do we know, amen, why we exist as the body of Christ, as the ecclesia? Or we're just doing our own thing? Today, we exist because we want to prosper. We exist because we want healing. We exist, you know, we go to church because we want deliverance. All right? We want to get a wife, we want to get a husband, hallelujah. We want a big church. And of course, big church is translated to big money. All of that, all right? But what is the primary, the, the primary purpose, amen, of, of you joining this force, this spiritual force, amen, called the Ecclesia, is to occupy till Jesus come. He said, occupy till I come. That is not a civilian language. Are you getting me? That is not a civilian language. To occupy till it comes. That's a military term. Amen. That tells you that there's an opposition. There's a force. In fact, the scripture, you know, tells us in the book of Luke that when he was leaving, amen, he gave, you know, you know, a, 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 a commitment to riches and all of that to, you know, to his servants. He said, look, do business till I come. The Bible said, but the people of the land will not allow them. That's, that's what you find in the, in the translation of that scripture in, in the Luke, in, in, in the, the Luke translation. The Bible says, and the people of the land refuse. They, they, they fought against the people that God has given resource, amen, to do, to do business till it comes. So you've got to understand that has to be a part of what, you know, informs our mind and part of what we need to reawaken in our day. So Christianity is not, you know, some nice strolling. Uh, you know, this is a call sometimes to lay down your life. You've got to know that. I'm not saying something outside the scripture. All right. Yes. People who did, you know, you know, the work and who did it well in the, in the, in the early days, in the early centuries. All right. There were people who, you know, who laid down their life and, you know, they went through all kinds of things. Many of them, amen, their life perished. But guess what? They knew they have a better life. But my point is, okay, this is not something we just join, all right, so that uh, we can have a nice medicure and pedicure and all of that and all this nice dressing. Oh, no, 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 no. You've got to understand, amen, the call to be part of the ecclesia, to be part of the body of Christ, amen, is a call that enlists you in a war, in a war. But this war is spiritual warfare. And this is the reason why Paul said, amen, in Ephesians. And I've flogged that, you know, scripture, you know. Uh, uh, in fact, I've more than flogged that scripture, all right? When he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? To stand against, all right? And he says that the power of God may, may rest upon us. I mean, those are powerful scriptures that we've got to look, all right? We need the strength of God. We need the power of God, all right? You know, it, it just dawned on me not too long ago that, wait a minute, if you read the scripture, the Bible is talking about the power of God, the authority of God, all of these things. Why would they be talking about power and authority if we're not going to exercise them? If we don't know what amen, they are used for. In fact, today I believe that we are either underutilizing, amen, this, you know, this influence, this resource that have been given to us, or many of us don't even know what they're talking about. Anyhow, I'm, I, I just want, you know, you listening to me to understand that there's, there's an assignment before you. All right, and for that assignment to be fulfilled, you need a divine power. 
And that power, all right, does not come the way we understand power. And in fact, that power, amen, is not what you think it is. <laughs> That's another thing that we're going to be tracking, amen. That power is not what you think it is. Like I said about the church of Ephesus, they understand what power is from the human you know, perspective. This, this were mercenaries, this were gladiators, you understand? These were people, okay, who understand, you know, military language, who, who boast, okay, in their strength. Because, you know, in the days of the Bible, that environment, amen, are defined by heroism. Alright? That's, that's the nature of the day. It's about strength, it's about power, it's about what you can do, it's, it's about how many people you can fight, how, how, many, how, how, many, how many foreigners you've killed, you understand? Yes, because that's how, in fact, that's how most slaves get to be free. If you're a gladiator, there's a possibility that you're a slave. And if you're able to develop yourself that you can fight, okay, I mean, that immediately, you know, upscales your profile. To the point that, okay, the king can actually give you, amen, his daughter to marry. So there's something about, about strength. You see those Greek uh, 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 mythology is all about, you know, strength and power and all of that. That's the environment. So when Paul is writing, amen, all of that was brought into, into understanding, into perspective. So when they say, <laughs> you understand, <laughs> let your strength be defined by God. Those people understand what Paul was talking about because they, they knew that, you know, there's, there used to be a place where their strength, amen, come from. Their strength comes from who they know. You understand? Yes. The Roman Empire, you know, you understand? Their strength comes from, you know, the ability to, you know, to, to fight. Their strength comes from, all right, the ability to, to you know, to, to make money. Merchants, many of them were merchants. Now they're saying your strength must be in the Lord. Again, this so let's let's quickly let's quickly go on. I don't want to overflog this because we've really dealt with this. All right, now yes. So we say spiritual fitness is the acknowledgement that in order for the spirit of Christ to have any impact in the human realm, any impact in the human realm, the inner man. That's the that's the underlying word. The inner man. Remember the inner man. There are two inner man. There's what you call the outer man, and there's what you call what the, the you know the inner man the outer man of course amen it symbolizes the what the soul the inner man of course is the is the is the is the carrier is the nature is the place where your spirit dwells and of course whenever god wants to do anything he relates to your spirit he speaks to your spirit all right so if the spirit is not awakened if the spirit is not informed if the spirit is not empowered guess what the outer man will continue to take the driver's seat of our life of our country of our nation Right? So the inner man must be in alignment with the authority all right, to exercise regency. And this is what we're doing. We're trying to awaken the inner man. We're trying to develop the inner man. We're trying to, you know, understand. You know, in fact, how do you develop an inner man you don't know? How do you relate with, you know, this spirit being that many of us basically are strangers to ourselves? We, we keep talking about spiritual things. But how many of us really understand? How many of us really know? The nature, the life, the character, the values, the operating system, amen, of the spirit. Not to talk of the spirit man. And I if you ask me, I think that's one of the things the enemy actually used against, you know, uh, Adam in the garden. Adam really never really get to know himself. 
I think he was still growing. You see, but he, he had power. But he exercised authority. But he was able to name all the animals. He was able to, well, yes. You can have power, amen, and abuse the power. You can have power and don't even know the essence, the real reason why they give you the power. Because you have not grown to develop. You understand? You can be born wealthy and still squander the wealth because you don't know the, the reason why that wealth, amen, has been, you know, has been set aside. That's the story, amen, of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, amen, he, uh, you know, came from a wealthy, a wealthy family. The, fa the father was wealthy. But you see what the son did? Because the son lacked understanding. He's still immature. What did he do? He squandered the whole thing. I think that's the story of the church, the body of Christ. Our father is very powerful. And by the virtue of him having power, we have power. But we are abusing the power. We don't know what the power is for. We don't understand the privilege that has been given to us. And that's why the enemy came. The enemy who understand, amen, what's going on. Remember, the enemy, the enemy understand man. The enemy has been there. He was there when God says, let us make my own image and our own likeness. He knew. And he just came, all right. And put a whole, you know, chaos to, to, to the whole order. All right, we're not going to go into all of that. But this is just something I thought, you know, we need to really flag. All right, now let's go into the scripture that I have for today. We're talking about, amen, how the power of God, all right, can rest upon us. How the power of God, amen, can rest upon a believer. That's what we're looking into. And Paul basically just gave us a beautiful, you know, secret. In fact, he led us into, you know, some insight that will at least help us. Because, well, yes, this is, we're talking about Paul here, but what we see here about Paul is a mirror of our own life. It's a mirror, at least to a certain degree. It's a mirror, amen, to our life. So let's look at this. Hallelujah. Second, uh, Second Corinthians twelve. Thank you all if you're joining us. Really appreciate it. All right. Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Let's take it from verse five. I will boast about such a man, but I will not boast about myself. That alone, we can actually just dwell there for a while. But because of time, we, we, we're not going to be able to do that. But let's just look at the attitude. I want you to look at something about this man. We're looking at a man. You know. How the power of God can rest upon a believer, upon the saint, upon the church. Alright? Yes, because the power of God does not rest on everybody. No, no, no. Yes. Everybody is saved. Everybody, salvation is free. But the power of God is not free. There's a price to pay. Alright? There is a price to pay. And that price, let me just tell you straight, amen. The price to pay requires that, amen, you lose your will. You die to your own ability. You die to your own strength. Alright? <clears throat> I spoke a bit about that, you know, in my in, in this latest book that I'm going to be releasing. Hopefully, maybe next week, by God's grace. Alright? And of course, it's about this thing we're talking about. I will boast about such a man. But not about myself. Except in my weakness. A point to note. In other words, Paul said, if I'm going to boast, I will boast about this man. Which man? The man who expresses weakness. Let's go on. Maybe I should read those uh, 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 verse. I will boast about such a man, but I will not boast about myself, except in my weakness. Verse 6. And if I wanted to boast, 
I will not be, amen. Excuse me, if I if, if I if I want to boast, I will not be a fool because, amen. I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain. Paul says, in case, in case you think I don't know how to boast, I can also boast. And if I do boast, in fact, I will not be a, I will not be a fool because he's not talking about him not boasting of himself. He's talking about boasting in what God has done in his life. But he said, even in that, I rather you know refrain myself. I rather restrain myself. You understand? Uh, let me not even begin to go into some things that just come into my mind. All right? I will not be a fool because I will not be speaking. I will, excuse me. I will be speaking the truth, but I will refrain. So not all the truth that we know, we should, in fact, just begin to speak. It says, so no, so, so no one, amen, will credit me more than, amen, more than, more than what, amen, the sea. Or what are what they hear from me? I mean, that's very powerful. That's humbling. All right. That is quite humbling. Okay. I will not be a fool if I continue to boast, or rather, if I boast, all right, because I'll be speaking the truth. But he said, but I'm gonna refrain, all right, so that no one, amen, no one will give me undue credit. Or because, amen. Now, verse 7 says, or because of the surpassing great revelation. Okay, let's look at the next thing that he's talking about. Verse 6 says, it says, because of the surpassing revelation that was given to me, it says, to keep me from becoming a man conceited. Conceited means, all right, you know, to begin to think proudly, to begin to think, you know, you know, a heady, to begin to think you've arrived. He said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. You see what he called that thorn in his flesh? He said, he's a messenger of Satan. Of course, that's the best way, all right, Paul could, you know, describe, you know, this, this pain, this challenge, all right? He called it a messenger of Satan. That's just a phrase, that's just a phrase okay? It's a, it's a poetic way of speaking. It's not like a literal set, a messenger of Satan was given to him. But he said, this thing is so, it's so painful, it's so difficult that, you know, it's like this thing is just not going to go. This thing is so negative and painful that... The best I can, you know, the, the best way I can relate to this thing that is, you know, laid on me or that is allowed in my life is a messenger of Satan. All right. So he said to keep me from becoming conceited. All right. I was given a torn in the flesh. Uh, do you have people like that in your life that are torn in your flesh? Do you have situations like that? I'm sure many of us don't even know what that is today. You know, with the kind of gospel we preach today. No. Because in, in fact, a little problem that we have will be binding and losing and, you know, pleading the blood and all of that. I mean, this concept is not in the theology of most Christians today. That because of, you know, certain grace, certain, you know, a deposit, certain deposit of life, you know, that is given to you, certain assignment, amen, that is accorded you, that something is laid upon you, known as the messenger of Satan. People are not going to accept that. But that's a reality. Alright? Let's read on. It's a messenger of Satan. To torment me. It says three times I pleaded with the Lord. 
to take it away from me. But he said to me, aren't you glad that God can speak? You know, I used to say to people that the greatest resource you can have, the greatest resource that you can have is the ability to hear God. Is the ability to see into the activities of God. The intentions of God. And it becomes even greater when you don't just see for yourself. You don't just hear for yourself. But you can hear on behalf of other people. You can see on behalf of other people. Wow. I count that a privilege. Because that's a grace God has given to me. That I, I don't just hear about myself. God can speak to me about people. Can speak to me about. In fact speak to me about nations. It's amazing. That God gives you a vision. A dream about, about nations. About you know continent. About you know regions. About people in politics. About leaders. You just see this thing. You just hear these things. Vivid and clear. I mean, I don't think that there's something that I have done, you know, in terms of my spiritual work, all right, that, that, that Waranda, I think that is just one of those grace God gives to you. And I think this is also part of what Paul is talking about here. And because of the magnitude of what was committed, you know, it says, and I think I can relate with Paul because I also have my own turn in the flesh. And no matter how you praise it, God take this to the way. He's like, no, 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 no. This one, will, let, let's just leave it there. Right? Let's just keep it there for you. It, it will help you. <laughs> so I can I can relate with what Paul, amen, brother Paul is talking about. All right. It says three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Take it away. Come on. God just take this thing away from me. So that I can also be just, you know, free. Of course you're free, but you know you're not free. <laughs> Amen. He said, but he said to me, my grace, not that. God's grace is what we're talking about here. And I don't think the charismatic church actually understand what this grace is. Because the way we define grace really does not, you know, do justice to, Amen, to what this scripture is talking about. My grace is sufficient for you. Now listen to the next thing. For my Power is perfected in weakness. Now look at that. That's a general term. It didn't say my power. It didn't say, you know, for my power is perfected in your weakness. No, no, no. It says my power is perfected in weakness. So meaning that anyone, anybody, all right, who find themselves in this kind of a situation and, and, and operate with the same mindset, with the same belief system, all right, that Paul, amen, on, you know, walked in or understood God's power will rest upon that person. So here, when we talk about weakness, what are we talking about? What is God saying? All right, maybe before we go into that, let's let's finish. It says, therefore, now this is Paul. Now, remember, he spoke. Something happened to him. He spoke. God replied him. All right. God replied him. God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You understand? Now, this is a guy who prayed. Remember, they say, if you pray. God will answer you. God answer. But the way God answer I mean, is not the way amen, he was expecting. All right. So, and that's something we also need to learn about prayer. Yes, you can pray to God. In fact, you can pray and fast and God indeed will answer you. But guess what? You've got to be open and be willing to receive, amen, the answer. 
from God. Because sometimes, all right, your expectation of an answer may not be what God is going to, you know, uh, be given to you. So you've got to be able to open up because many of us, we pray, we want answer, but we already have a pre, pre, a predetermined answer in our mind. We, we, we already, you know, kind of, you know, see what we want God to say or give to us. Most time, God doesn't work like that. Prayer doesn't work like that. So if you're praying, and God said, I've answered your prayer. You better open your eyes, amen, and really understand what God is talking about. Because you continue to pray, but God will tell you, sorry, but I've answered your prayer. But you've got a predetermined, you've got a preconceived idea of how, amen, your prayer should be answered. Sorry, God doesn't work like that. Because at the end of the day, he is God. So he went further. He says, therefore, I will boast. Remember, God already said, my what? My, 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 my power. Let's go back to that last one again. It says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power. Look at that. The word power, amen, is the ability to enforce. Okay. Of course, we know that power from the literal Greek means, amen, uh, you know, dunamis. And that's where they got the word dynamite. Or me, meaning that this, this force, this energy can break things. All right. Can, can shatter things. Amen. Can pave a way. Can create a path, amen. Can give you breakthrough. Power is a force, amen, that enforces a change. Power is a force that enforces a change. Power is a force that changes situation, that transforms things, all right. But things are changed and transformed not to our expectation, but to God's expectation. That is a powerful statement I think I need to make, all right. Because when God's power rests on us. Alright, at the end of the day, it's not to glorify us. The reason why God releases his power, gives us power, is not for us, amen. Yes, to suddenly feel like a superman. No, every time the power of God rests upon us or God's power, authority, manifests through our life, is for God to take glory. So you've got to understand the context, of, amen, of the power and what they want that power, amen, to change or to execute in your life or through your life. If you don't, I can assure you, amen, when the power of God starts manifesting in your life, you will get into the place where you start boasting. That's why he talked about, amen, concerted. It says, to keep me from becoming, amen, conceited, all right? A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan, amen, was given to torment me. The all of this is to safeguard the power that is going to flow from the life of this man. If you don't believe me, see what our men of God have done today. Just because of a little drop of power. See what the church have done. Just because of a little power that is given. Just a little power of some dollars and, you know, and... And pounds and 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 you know maybe rand just a little bit of that just just a drop can you see that's why they say absolute power corrupt power can be very dangerous all right if they have not tamed you power can power can make you become like you know like like Noah amen who out of his own sweat out of the farm the farm that he did amen yes he, you know God himself drunk. That's power. 
Like I said today, I'm not. I, I don't really want to go deep into the, the, you know, the concept of power. But I'm just trying to help us to understand that can we really handle the power of God without us, Amen, coming into the state of weakness, without us embracing the ministry of weakness, because weakness is one of the most powerful, Amen, virtue and values that every Christian must arm him himself with. The dear that I've just said, weakness, weakness. You must be weak. <laughs> the issue is we've got to define what that weakness is. Because as we understand weakness, is not the way, amen, God understands weakness. Every successful, amen, sojourner, everyone who had transversed the earth and succeeded, amen, in pleasing God, they will tell you weakness is part of the virtue and the values that kept them. Hallelujah. To keep me, that is the key word many of us miss. To keep me from becoming conceited, I was given. It's a gift. I always say to people, you say, don't go to places that you know you are not celebrated. Don't go to places that they will not honor you. Ah. People making such a statement, they are killing you softly. Because God will continually allow certain things in your life that doesn't gel, that doesn't... But God, look with all that I'm doing, but see what's going on in my life. They allow that thing because they are, they are prepping you for a day where you will enter a dimension. So that when you enter that dimension, certain things don't begin to flow into your mind. <laughs> Have you seen people who are very wealthy, very, very wealthy? That, you know, if they decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going to, you know, uh, overseas, it's done. Tomorrow I want this, it's done. Next tomorrow I want this, it's done. People like that, you understand, they must arm themselves with certain value system that keeps, keeps them humble. If you don't, that power, that thing you have can drive you to the point of destruction. So when they say they gave, they gave him, amen, a ton in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him, it's a gift from God to keep him so that he can finish his course without destruction. I mean, this is a place you'll have said hallelujah, amen. You understand this? So the last part that I want us to look at is, it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my Power is perfected, perfected, not just released, is perfected, is complete, in complete weakness. That's where I put it. For the power of God to be complete in us, you also have to be complete in weakness. They say when your obedience, hallelujah, is complete, aha, Paul was speaking. In 2 Corinthians, he said, when your power is complete, when your power of obedience is complete, he says, then the authority of God will also be released upon you to do what? To bind and to lose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we have to change our mindset, the way we think and see and understand and interpret things. If you have the 21st century mindset of what democracy, of what, you know, human right is, of all of that, uh -uh, 
I'm sorry. You, <laughs> there are dimensions you will never be able to come into because those thought patterns, those philosophy, those ideologies that you have imbibed, particularly if you live in this part of the world of South Africa and, and the, the West and all of that, you cannot enter into certain power because entering certain power, amen, require that you change your paradigm. It is our mindset that allow, amen, certain things to, to come into our space. Have you noticed certain people, the reason why they are enhanced and the reason why they can go for that is because they have embraced, amen, you know, philosophy, you know, ideologies that are beyond the walls of the environment. I know you can't see me, but uh, I, because I'm, I'm working with this scripture, that's why, you understand, or else I'll be showing my face. Are, are, you, are you getting the point? There are, there are certain parts that, you know, an average American church will never enter. You know why? Because of that American, Americanized culture, that capitalist culture that, have, that has found its way into the church. I tell people, if you want to grow in the Lord, stay away from American gospel. Stay away from that thing. That thing teaches the Nazarites to drink wine. <laughs> You cannot touch a dimension of God if you have the Americanized idea of the gospel. Because that thing would just tell you, no, 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 sorry. No, no, that's, that's, that cannot be God. That cannot be God. <laughs> In fact, generally, when you allow the values and the culture, amen, the, 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 the predominant culture, of your environment, amen, to infiltrate, to infiltrate your spirituality. That thing limits how far you can go with God. So the people who really journey with God are people who, who truly, amen, have come to the point and place to say, I am no longer of this world. You know what that means? My life is no longer controlled and, and, and regulated by the value system of the world. That's what it means to say, I'm not of this world. You can claim that, you can be quoting that, but, you know, when when something happens in the land, in the nation, all right, you, you know, you are the first to jump and say, yes, 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 that's the way it should be. Yes, all the foreigners must go. They must, they must, they must leave. They must leave our country. Uh -huh. Then you are not ready for the kingdom. No matter how terrible or how painful that may sound, if you are saying things like that, all right, you are not ready for the kingdom because that is an estranged, you know, statement to the kingdom of God. No matter how that may be popular among politicians. You understand? I mean, no matter how, you know, you know things may, may be panning out. I cannot live my life within the values, within the culture of my country. And I think I want to serve God and I want to go on with God. How? You understand? Where I come from, you know, the Yoruba culture, they are naturally, naturally, generally a proud people because of, you know, the, 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 the if you will, the, the exposure, the, the, the foundation that, you know, the forefathers have laid in terms of education and all of that. So when you meet an average, you know, Nigerian, you know, well, not just a Nigerian, but an average Yoruba man, you know, you understand? They, they, they're proud. They, they feel they know better than every other person. Now, God, God had to open my own eyes to see that thing. You remember what we are tracking here is how the power of God can rest upon us. So if the predominant culture, tradition of your father's house 
when they want to release Gideon to go and fight, they wanted to give him power. The first thing they did, they said, go and pull down the altar, <laughs> the idol. That idol is an ideology. That idol, hallelujah, is a belief system. That idol, hallelujah, yes, is a value system. That idol is, is very is entrenched. Remember, even though Gideon pulled down that idol, what did that idol do? That idol, at the end of the day, still neutralized Gideon. That's how powerful, because the idol is a stronghold. Gideon, after pulling that down, when they gave him the victory, what did he do? He went to erect. <laughs> Uh, only those who, who God has opened their eyes will really appreciate, will understand what I'm talking about. Yes. There's always a power in our life and in our tradition and our environment that we have to contend with before the power of God can rest upon us. And for the power of God to rest upon us, we have to stoop low. That's what amen, Paul is talking about here. All right? He says, he says, I will boast in my weakness. That weakness means that he has what? He has removed everything that defines strength in his life. A Pharisee of the Pharisee. He calls himself. Born of the tribe of Benjamin. When he was talk, when he was boasting because of those, you know, you know, fake apostles who were challenging him. He said, okay, let me boast a bit. <laughs> Are you getting the point that I'm making? He began to list the things he has done. Both amen, as a you know as a natural person and you know spiritually. But here he understood. That's why he said, No, because of the dimension, the things that I've seen, the realm that I've, I've operated in, and you know, they had to give me certain things, amen, to you know to bring me to a place of compliance so that I don't become conceited. I was given is a gift from God. That pain sometimes you 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 have it. That it's a gift from God. You you will not accept. You will no. I said no. I refuse that. Well, you can refuse it, but people would know what I'm talking about. There are certain realms you cannot enter until you pass this order. I mean. With the kind of grace God has placed upon my life, you know, to write and to do things. Sometimes I, I write and I read my own mind. I'm like, God, how? How? How did I get? <laughs> I wake up in the morning, the thing just, is like they open a tap. The revelation is just coming. And I'm like, God, but, you know, it's like you step out of yourself. I'm like, how? How? And I know it's a gift because in the past, you know, six months, it's like the heavens has been shut on me when it comes to writing. I couldn't just write because there's just God knows so much happening. But I'm still carrying on with my spiritual. But every time I want to write, I cannot. But the moment we begin to fast, it's like heaven just open. Every time I say I'm done with this material, then the next day God pull. I didn't study all of this. It's a gift. Yes. I brush the gift up, but it's not like a, I'm a professional writer. But people look at me, they say, but why don't you go into, I say, no, I'm already doing what I need to do. It's a gift. And I know why that gift was given to me, to enhance the church, to build the body of Christ, to empower the people. A material I rose years ago, you know, 
you know, dealing with crime from biblical perspective. A lecturer from one of the university in, in, in Europe, I don't know how he saw the material online. He sent a message to me. He said, please, can, I'm asking for your permission. Can we use this as a case study? I said, why not? Go ahead. <laughs> you know, when I, when, when I dropped the phone, I'm like, God, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> who just a lecturer from a university? See, there is an, there's an answer to dealing with crime from a biblical perspective. How did I get that? Only God, only God can tell you. I don't know. But the thing came and you understand it's there. I'm just telling you that there are certain power that heaven released upon your life because you've come into certain understanding. You, you, because if they give you certain things and you are not mature enough, you, are, you have not come of age, that thing will destroy you. Yes, they said, they said even though, amen, yes, his father owns the estate, even though he's the next, you know, in line, but except, amen, he grows and pass the training of the tutors. Galatians, you know, four. If you don't pass that training, you're not coming into sonship. They're not putting the ring in your hand. Yes, you are still part of royalty, but you are not going to step into that position of power and authority. You must be under tutors. Are you getting the point that we're making here? Because it's very important. And I'm saying that for us to enter into the dimension of the last days, to enter into what heaven has desired and ordained for us, to come into the kind of power that is required for us, amen, to, to, to advance the intentions of God in, amen, in, in the 21st century. Friends, we have to come into what is known as the apostolic power. We have to become governmental. All right, because the demons, the powers, the spirit that we are dealing with by design are governmental themselves. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against amen, rulers, against powers, against spiritual wickedness. The church, when you read that in the church, they just reduce that to some little demon. No, 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 no. You know, when I was defining those, you know, those entities, these are spirit that, that defines, amen, the governing system of a nation. Do you know that there's a principality over nations, over South Africa, over America, over, you know, Nigeria, over, yes, the kind of power we're talking about, amen, addresses those, those, those spirits, principality. They, they, they inform how, amen, you know, people in the parliament, if they are not born again, if they are not child of God, amen, they will infiltrate how they will write laws because those laws, amen, those legislation comes from somewhere. You see all these laws of, you know, LGBTQ and all this nonsense thing we're hearing, amen. They are coming from a realm. Have you seen how today people are not afraid, amen, to say they belong to the devil, to say they belong to Lucifer? They don't, they're not. Gone are the days people hide it. No. Almost everything. In fact, companies today, you, you see them, they are all promoting everything that is against the law of God. Yes, the Bible says in the last day, lawlessness will become, amen, the order of the day. Men shall be lovers. Of, one of the definitions of loving yourself is, to, is for your soul to partner with principality. I said it in my book. When, amen, the soul 
the fallen human nature, the soul life, amen, is in partner with principality. Just begin to imagine the carnage, the destruction they are going to release upon the earth. You think, amen, uh, uh, somebody like uh, uh, Adolf Hitler just woke up one morning and decided, okay, I'm going to kill, you know, uh, 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 six million Jews, just kill them, just like that. No human being can just wake up and decide, this is what I'm going to do. There has to be a force. There has to be an influence from a different realm. So for us to be able to tackle the kind of powers, the kind of principality, the kind of system, demonic system rising up in this day, we need to upscale. We need to amen, enter into a different level of the power of God because the power of God are given to us in measures. Where did I stop? It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly. Am I in the right place? I think we finished this one. Yes, I'm in the right place. It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in what? In my weakness. In my weakness. And there's a place I was defining what that weakness is because of time. I think I need to quickly jump into that. Yes. So here, I'm trying to explain something. I said, Paul said, all right, and this, I, I was quoting him. I will gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of God may rest on me. So the weakness allowed the power of God. Have you noticed that the power of God does not rest on the, on the strong? If you are strong, if you have strength, the power of God doesn't rest on you. The power of God rests, amen. Yes, when you embrace weakness. Paul, now I went forward, I said, Paul, was directly telling us, all right, that the power of God only rests on the weak believers. But they tell us, you've got to be strong. All this, you know, you know, uh, uh, um, what they call them now? Peak performance, you know, uh, messages. They tell us now how we come, how we've got to be, you know, be strong in what we know and all of that. Yes, we need to be strong in, in what we know. But we have to define what that strength is and we have to also define what weakness is because English can be a very, you know, tricky one. One word can be meaning three, five, five things. In fact, seven things. So context is always very, very critical to biblical interpretation. Context is very important. Paul directly tells us, all right, that the power of God only rests on weak believers. It is critical that we understand the context of the message here. Because many Christians often quote and even apply the scripture out of context. A lot of us, a lot of Christians have entered into all kinds of things, done all kinds of things, going to all kinds of things in the name of, well, God knows that I'm weak. God understands. That's why he gave me grace. Now I went forward and say, God's power does not rest. On the lazy or on the weak. Weakness of men. God's power does not rest on a man. You, you, you say that's an oxymoron. No, no, no. God just told us amen, that his power rests on the weak. 
But this weakness we're talking about here is not a weakness that is produced by our inability, amen, yes, to carry out God's intention. It's not, it's not a weakness that comes, amen, from, amen, our inability to surrender to the will of God. You've got to understand that this weakness we're talking about, amen, is the point and place where we have come to surrender everything that our strength means and represents. Whatever can be defined as a strength in your life, hallelujah, must be, must be yielded to God. Whatever it is, whatever it is, sometimes your strength is your ability to talk. You can talk. Last man standing. Everybody, no, you must talk less. Because you have a very strong, you know, uh, 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 um, what they call it? Sense of opinion. No. God's power, hallelujah, yes, does not rest on the weakness of humans. Who think they have amen, the license or the excuse to do what? To carry out some willful, sinful act. When you listen to some men of God overseas, America, you ask yourself, are you, are you really born again? With the kind of lifestyle, with the things they do, you ask yourself, are we reading the same Bible? Or in this part of the world? When you look at the way Christians today live their lives, so-called Christians, you ask yourself, what Bible are you reading? All in the name of, you know, grace, cover me. All in the name of God knows that we are weak. After all, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I think one of the things that we need people to begin to do in this season, amen, is to begin to give precise, accurate context to biblical interpretation. I think it's going to, particularly with the kind of Christians that are mushrooming today, many of them lack basic understanding of biblical interpretation. And when the Bible is manipulated to suit our own desire or, or you know, or, or longing, guess what? We have lost the power of God. And that's why it seems the church is very weak. Because the power of God, amen, rests on certain value system in our life. So God's power does not rest, amen, on the weakness of humans who think they have the license and the excuse to carry out, amen, some willful sin. The weakness Paul referred to, amen, in this point, amen, is about a person who has come to the end of his or her soul-driven strength. I've been, I've been saying it for the past, you know, a, a, a few weeks now, that there's a dimension of strength within your soul. Many of us grew up, amen, with the strength of our soul. We grew up with the power, hallelujah, of the soul. When you say, my, who, the person, you know, who I, who, I, who, I, who, who I am, or I talk about your person, you talk about your identity, you talk about your personality. Oftentimes, we define that from, you know, our soul knowledge. Our soul is very powerful. Our soul, all right, basically as defined, how we, how we want to see life, how we want to govern, how we want to trade. Many of us marry with the power of the soul. And now we want God to be involved. God said, but I cannot involve because I was never involved. You've been doing your own thing by your own strength. You understand this? So we need to understand what salvation means. Salvation means that you come to the end of your, of your strength. You come to the end of your ability. You allow God to take over. Not too many people can do that. 
because then you have to do things God's way. <laughs> you have to do things the way he wants it, not the way you want it, not the way you, you deem it fit. Yeah, God says, sorry, we're not, going that, that, we're not going that route today. But you say, but I've been going that route for the past 30 years of my life. And I always get it right. God says, but today, sorry, we're not going that route. This cannot be God. <laughs> you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. To have the power of God is to totally depend on Amen. His leading to as many that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Only sons of God are given the legitimate right to carry His power. Sonship is not just about doctrine. It's also about the spiritual experience. To be a son, you have to, amen, you must have experienced God from a place, amen, of obedience, from a place of submission. Yes, it says, today have I begotten you. Today you have become my son. Why? Because he did something. Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Sonship is a call to suffer. So you learn the voice of God, you learn the ways of God. It's not just an apostolic doctrine you preach. In fact, amen, the reality of sonship comes from your experience of following the voice of God. Hallelujah. Are we making sense, friends? This is a very, very critical point that we are, we are highlighting. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to stop by 8 o'clock. So, the weakness, when Paul says, amen, so that, the, so that the power of God may rest upon me. He's talking about, amen, yes, a weakness that resulted from, amen, him yielding, him coming to the end. The Bible says, until all the fighting men of Israel died. The Lord did not lead them into the promised land. All of the fighting men, all their military warriors, all died in the wilderness. The, your strength must give, must give up, must give in to the strength of God. God does not anoint our strength. He anoints our weakness. And our weakness, amen, is the point where we yield everything. So that you can't even lift a leg without God, amen, assisting you. You can't raise your hand without God assisting you. You can't make a move without God assisting you. You can't go in your own might. When Elijah ran for 40 days, and 40, he was running. He got to the place where his strength, yes, was exhausted. He couldn't run further again. <laughs> he could not run further. He could not run further. He was running, running away from Jezebel. He ran and, you know, ran all of his energy. And that's what God wants. God wants him to deplete everything in him. So when the angel finally found him, caught up with him <laughs> under the broom tree, he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm zealous for the Lord. They said, no, you're not zealous for the Lord. <laughs> you, you're tired. You're worn out. You're hungry. You look like somebody who is looking for a replacer in ministry. He said, yes, that's what I want. I'm tired. He said, okay, before you die, <laughs> you have to, the, whatever you have, you have to transfer it to the next generation. Go and anoint Jehu. And anoint somebody that's going to finish the work that will take over from you. Are we getting this, friends? We want the power of God to rest upon us. But the power of God will only rest 
when we can no longer do anything of our own strength, when we can no longer run with our own ability, when what you think you know and what you boast of, spiritual pride, spiritual boasting, all of those things must come to an end. How you look down on people, your ability to think that there's no one like you. That's the definition of pride. It got into the heart of the most beautiful angel God ever created. Corruption got into his heart. Bible says iniquity was found in him, Lucifer. When he began to covet a dimension that was illegal, they brought him down. So you will eat the dust. And that principle has not changed. We have got to realize that. Whatever it is that can make us think we have arrived, that thing will paralyze, will hinder us from entering the power of God. God will never use somebody. This, the power of God will never rest on anyone, amen, who thinks or she thinks that I'm better off others. The moment you begin to look down on other people, no matter what you have, you just, amen, amen, demote yourself from that dimension of the power of God. That doesn't mean that you can't preach a powerful message. That doesn't mean that you can't fill the stadium. The stadium. But God will not back you up. That's the truth. You will always depend on the soul. The moment Adam and Eve were cast out of the Garden of Eden, how do you think they survived? How do you think they survived? The power of the soul. They were surviving, amen, on the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't want to live in that order because if you do, you will regret it. Because the soul can be so deceptive. The soul can be very deceptive. In fact, the soul is so deceptive that the soul can mimic the spirit. But while you're operating in the soul, you actually think you're actually operating via the spirit. And when God is using people to point, it, to point that out, you'll be fighting them. You say, no, never. It's no, no, no. Becomes, you know, self-delusion. So, friends, I am done. Last scripture that I want to show you. Hallelujah. Daniel. I've been using this scripture for a while. Daniel 5. They said, There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In, his, in, the, in the day of your fathers, this is the speaking to Belshazzar. He was found to have insight, intelligence, wisdom, like the gods. These are the characters of power. One, insight, intelligence, wisdom. When a person starts operating in this, then that person's got power, a power from God. But it shows that Daniel, of course, must have embraced what? Weakness, meekness. Remember, the meek. 
meekness comes from weakness or weakness comes from meekness. The meek will inherit the earth. To be meek is to be weak before God. Remember what I said some time ago. It's from this point that when they slap you on one side, you turn the next one. And they slap the other one, you turn. You cannot, you can't, you see that scripture, you see, there are scriptures you can't enter, you can't quote, until you understand certain principles, like this one that we're talking about. <laughs> you've yielded all to God, you've laid down. You're dead. How does a dead person feel? I mean, I can't even begin to tell you, give you some testimony of men who enter this dimension of a life. Remember, all of this is an operating system, is, is a dimension of life. When you come into this order, it's a life. That life is governed by that law, yes. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, yes. Set me free from the law of sin and death. It's sin and death. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to agree. No, you can't ride me. You can't. You know. You know. I'm not going to allow you. <laughs> You're not dead yet. But when you come to the point where you want to speak and this is say nothing, the power of God rests on you, friends. We can enter into this dimension. They say there's a man in your kingdom. They've relegated Daniel to nobody. But when crisis came, they were looking for. Amen. People who carry power. None of the magicians, none of the philosophers, they said there's a man. He can read the writing. They said, go bring him. And Daniel came, he read the thing on the wall. The king said, okay, I'm going to give you. He said, I don't want anything from you. That's power. Wouldn't you want to walk in that dimension, friends? So we're talking about what is going to take us to enter into this power. That prayer is no longer an option. And when you go into prayer, you're asking the Lord, you're praying, amen, the will of God for your life. You're not praying what you want for yourself. Amen. True prayer is that you pray the will of God for your life. It's not what you will. If you're still praying what you will, then it's not the, it's not the true definition of prayer. Because when you're praying accordance to the will of God, you'll be moving closer to God and the power of God will be resting on you. The power of God will be resting on you. And it's that power that will allow you to be changing realms, to be transforming society. That everywhere he went, he was doing good. Yes. Hallelujah. That the power of God may rest on you. There's a man in your kingdom. You see, Crisis is what reveals these people who carry the power of God. They're not trying to show themselves. <laughs> They're not creating platform for themselves. They're not, you know, trying to create another Facebook, another, you know, Instagram. No, no, I'm here. No, 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 no. When you carry the power of God, you don't promote yourself. Occasion will call for you. You see, David, right? He was a carrier of the power of God. Did he promote himself? No. Occasion create the platform. You see. Unassuming, they say there's a man, his name is Isaiah. He, he can read the handwriting, he can give you the answer of what's going on in South Africa. You say, Who is that man? We've never heard of him before. Well, true carriers of power of God, they're always hidden. God hides them, God hides his own until the occasion comes. And like, wow, yes, if you're tracking with God, you don't seek, you don't, you don't announce yourself. 
But you know you are the voice of one crying in the wilderness. We're preparing the way of God. When you're preparing the way of God, you don't, you don't announce it. You do it, amen, incognito. You do it, amen, co in, you know, covertly. You're just doing it. Nobody knows. You're doing what you need to do. Except for those of you who are maybe following me and tracking me. <laughs> you don't know. Because you, you are not allowed to announce yourself. You are not allowed to project yourself. You are not allowed to, you know, to, to start making noise. And that's why people, they, they take you for granted. But that's part of, yes, what heaven allowed. But when it's time for you to perform, you do what you need to do. And before they begin to, oh, oh, oh you're gone. <laughs> Jesus operated in certain dimension. They wanted to force him to make him king. He escaped. You see, he knew his identity. If Jesus was not, if, 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 if he wasn't sure of who he is, I mean, people want to make you king. You will quickly accept it. But when you know who you are on the inside, you're not seeking for the praise of men. You're not seeking for validation. Because you know, there are certain things that must accord what you carry. There are certain protocols that must guide and guard what you carry. Amen? Friends, I'm done. This is what I want to share with us for today. I hope that I've been able to impart something into your, into your heart, into your life. Alright? This is the day where we want to step into the realm where the power of God can rest on us. The power of God can rest on us. So, so that the power of God may rest upon me. Yes. So you embrace whatever you need to embrace. You embrace the ch challenge. You embrace the trial. As the Lord allows it. And you continue to say, let your will be done in my life. Not my will. The will is always in the realm, amen, that is in contradiction, that is in opposition to the will to this, to this, the will of God. But when you take that will and lay it on the altar, God will take that will, amen, and turn it, amen, yes, to strength. Because you've given it to him. That's what is called sacrifice. When, when, you, when you give an offering or you bless a servant of God, out of that dimension, you are giving, amen, your strength to the Lord. And, amen, in return, God gives you his own strength. That's the real meaning of offering. Every time you give an offering, this is powerful. The Lord just dropped, dropped this in my spirit. Every time you give an offering, is <clears throat> symbolic of your strength. You're laying your strength, particularly if you, you, you're paying an, a tithe to maybe to a church or to a man of God to continue to assist. I mean, that's that's huge. That's a part of you. Particularly if God has blessed you to a certain level and what you're giving, amen, you know, carries some level of weight. And you're not doing it religiously. But you're doing it with an understanding. And you, when you give that thing, amen, that, because that thing is coming from your sweat, from your work, from your labor, that is your offering. That is Abel giving his strength. You see, Abel gave, he, he gave blood. He gave his life. <laughs> that just came to my spirit now. 
So it's important we, we understand all of these things. So it, it must become a personal thing to you that I want to continue to release my strength to this ministry, to this work, to this man, to this woman. And every time you do that, all right, that's a strength. It costs you something. God in return, amen, releases strength back into your life. Because you've given your strength. That thing you've given could maybe buy you God knows what. But you say, no, the work of God must continue. The servant of God must not beg. The, you know, God says, I see. That's value. And God in return, amen, will allow his strength to rest on you. How that strength will pan out, I don't know. How that strength will manifest, don't ask me. Because only God knows. That's why he's sovereign. Alright? When you give money, don't expect money back. <laughs> it might be a strength to protect your son or your daughter. Or to, you know, to it, it can be a strength that will be manif- that will manifest 10 years time. When your daughter or your son needs, amen, yes, that, that admission. And they say, it's all closed. And heaven calls to an account. The strength you have released, amen. And they say, now, this is the time for a payback. Favor. I mean, I, I just got all of that now. Just, they just dropped that into my spirit now. So, somebody must needed to hear this. You, you, you get the point, friends? That is what we're talking about. We have, God is waking us up so that it's not something somebody forced. No, when you're giving, you don't give out of force. You don't give out of, you know, compulsion. You, no, 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 no. You don't give religiously. When you give, you know, you're, yeah, this thing is costing me. It's, that's why it's, they call it sacrifice. You, you sac, sacrifice, amen, comes with pain. It costs you something. David said, I will not give to God that which will not cost me anything. So it's a sacrifice. You sacrifice to give. When God sees that, all my life I've been sacrificing for, for the things of God. Yes. I mean, all the material we've been writing. I mean, I spend months, countless hours, some days, just writing. And all of them are free of charge. I've never charged a dime for all the books, material that we have written. And it will be so until the Lord says otherwise. That's sacrifice. Because one of my book, if it's published, I'm sure I'll be smiling to the bank. I mean, I just need to do what people are doing. Maybe just get a loan in the bank and do whatever you do. You package it. But you see, I'm not interested in all of that. I'm not interested in publishing a book and just, you know, somebody just put it somewhere, you know, hang it in another library. No, no, no. I want people, I want people to engage. But beyond that, <laughs> hallelujah. Let's, let's leave it there. So we're tracking the heart of God and we want to understand his will. There's nothing that we do for God that is, that is, that is gone unnoticed, that is in vain. No. If you do it with your heart, you do it sacrificially, the power of God will rest on you. What that power is, I don't know, but power will enhance. Remember when you have power, it enhances you. Power will give you access. 
Power will give you a voice. Power will make room for you. Power, amen, will cause the works and the forces of darkness, yes, to be expelled. Power, hallelujah, is always to your advantage. You don't want to be in the point at the place where you are weak. That's why, amen, we, we, are, we are training ourselves <clears throat> to be strong. We want to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. God is mighty. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that has joined to listen to watch this broadcast. I just pray for them. May your power rest upon them. Whatever, wherever they need your power, as they walk in the understanding of what we're talking about, may their life become a living testimony of what you have done and what you're going to do. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you so very much, everyone, has joined us uh, this evening to listen to this broadcast. I want to believe that God has really done something new in your life. May his will and counsel continue to be manifest in you. May your day continue to grow from strength to strength. God bless you. Really appreciate everyone. We'll see you again, hopefully tomorrow morning. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye-bye.